Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Whining and complaining and whining and complaining. Folks, it's NBA playoff time, but fine, I'll bite. Let's fix the NBA. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. Is it just me, Stone, or is it after every single day so far, the NBA playoffs? We're three days in. There's been something to whine and complain about and rip about the NBA. We're three days in. It's been like three days of complaining, and there's been compelling, competitive, championship-caliber basketball, yet we're finding anything to whine and complain be about over three days. Welcome to uh, 2023. Right? They're going to give everybody a mic. They give everybody access to a Twitter account. This is what you get. It is so annoying. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, leave all the complaining up to you. I know. <laughs> let, let the professional handle it, okay? <laughs> let the pro handle it. You've got the Kings and Warriors in an epic series where Sacramento finally is relevant again. You've got the Heat tonight looking to go up two games to none on the Bucks. Will Giannis play? Who knows? Though I'm not buying the Bucks, saying he's doubtful. I think that's a big fat lie. You've got a good series with the Knicks and the Cavs, 1-1 going to the Garden. You've got the Clippers and the Suns in a compelling series. The Lakers could go up 2 none on Memphis as an underdog tonight. Like, this is good basketball. This is fun basketball. I could do without the uh, 10.50 Eastern time tips for the Nuggets and Timberwolves. Could, could, could do without that. But overall, Stone, I would say the basketball, even if you're not an NBA fan, and I think some people down here uh, for the first time because they were really locked in on FAU going to the Final Four, so they maybe started their hardcore basketball consumption a little bit early they, they got a little bit burned out compared to maybe when they'd start watching the NBA playoffs. But I think for the most part, I mean, this is good, quality, juicy basketball. But every day it's, should the charge be banned? The in-season tournament next year. This is so stupid. Oh, the new CBA forcing players to play in games. Ah, it's all nonsense. It's awful. It's horrendous. Like, why? Why is this happening? There's something for everybody. In all of these playoff series, and I know you already rattled off some of them, but there's a juicy storyline. There's a narrative heading in the right direction for casuals that everyone wants a taste of. What's that? No, just everything. Oh, there's something for everybody. There's just something for everybody. For everybody. I guess I didn't have a punchline no, there. No, no, but, but for, for, from a basketball standpoint, absolutely. From a basketball standpoint, on floor, absolutely. This is good. But this this... Discussion, especially of banning the charge and uh, the charge block and how it's dangerous for the offensive player. This thing still has legs after it came to be Sunday because sweet little Giannis got hurt for what should have been an offensive foul. Sweet little Giannis. We need to coddle him (laughs) and bring him into our basketball bosom because he's everything that's right with sports. And listen, I like Giannis, but you people are making me dislike the guy. You people, not me. You people are making me dislike the guy. And I I look yesterday, and the Athletic has a big piece about whether or not the the, 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 the ban should be delivered to the charge block. Uh... And then today, ESPN jumped on board. ESPN with a piece on the front page, ESPN.com. I am, I just, we are complaining just to complain. We are whining just to whine. Can't we just enjoy the damn basketball? Oh, but the stars are getting hurt. Whose fault is that? I'd argue the stars, the stars, and still, and, and I don't know who called it yesterday that Draymond would get suspended for game three. Who called it? Uh, me! Draymond Green rightfully suspended for game three. Warriors 
and Kings. But, man, we are just whining and complaining. Everything's unfair and everything's terrible. Fine, let's, let, let's fix the NBA then. Let's just fix it. Let's take it upon ourselves then. Let's fix this entire thing. For me, want to fix, fix danger to offensive players in the NBA? You don't ban the charge block. You encourage offensive players to evolve their game past barreling to the rim. How about that? How about that? How about that? Maybe novel thought. Yes, yes, I think that's a good route to go, actually. And you know why it's a strong point that you make? is because look at the guys around the league who take charges. They're guys who have been in the league for a decade now. Guys like Kevin Love. Guys like Kyle Lowry. And, and you know, my fault for naming two Heat players. But, but still, those are the guys who have been in the league for a decade, and those are typically the ones taking charges. It's the savvy veteran defensive right. players that have the reputation in the NBA taking charges. They have the guts to go in there and make a basket. I keep hearing, oh, it's not a basketball play. Taking a charge, not a basketball play. It sure as bleep is a basketball play. You stand in there and you tell me that that's being soft or that that is unnatural to the sport when you are getting in the way of an out-of-control basketball player. And listen, most charges are called because the ball handler is out of control. He's not aware of his surroundings. Hey, Ja, you don't want to get launched out of midair. You don't want a dangerous collision. Work on your 14-footer. Work on your floater. Work on that. Stop getting feeling as if you should be rewarded for... Getting to the rim, out of control, you should be delivered to the free throw line. Uh-uh. Doesn't work like that. Giannis, he commits more offensive fouls than anybody in the league. Want to know why? Because his best post move, as much as I love the guy, his best post move is to put the ball down, put his shoulder down, and then go full bulldozer in the defender. That is an offensive foul. I don't care if he's driving. I don't care if he's on the block. That's an offensive foul, and you call it, and Giannis is putting Giannis's health in danger, not the other way around. Kevin Love did absolutely nothing wrong in any way, shape, or form in Game 1 of the Heat Bucks series. Getting rid of the charge. That's so reactionary. You know where that comes from, Stone? That comes from the... The, oh, I'm sitting down watching TV because I want to see this dazzling superstar. And we've had our our minds so infected with it better be a tomahawk dunk brain worm that ah, basketball's not fun unless they're dunk, dunk, ducking, dunking away. No, you know what we need? We need viable, good team basketball because all these people that complain about the NBA, oh, there's no tra- traveling anymore. Oh, it's unwatchable. I love college ball. You know what bring those people back? If we stop playing ISO ball every other possession. Yeah, it comes from the point that you made yesterday and we're going to continue to push today. It comes from that Gen Z, that AAU era where you have a guard. It's a total AAU uh, thought process here. Where you have a guard who's used to scoring 40 points. Since he was 18 years old. Like, and this taking, is where it comes from. And taking from. 17, 18 free throw attempts every game. Right, and to the point that I made earlier about the... The James Harden, as we'll call it. Sure, and to the point earlier that I made about the savvy veterans who are the ones taking the charges, they played in two different eras of basketball now. They know what it's like, and I think what's interesting about it, and for the audience out there, me included, I've been a part of it. Starting last night, I had an eye for guys getting in that paint, getting in the place they need to be with their feet set and be properly you know, ready for, you know, an offensive player to, to throw his shoulder and throw his body uncontrollably into them. You watch guys like KD, guys who have nice pull-up jumpers. Like, there's there's your proof. If, if you're somebody yeah. who is for the block charge and, and just that being taken out of the game, watch some of the guys who have been around the league for a long time, like a Kevin Durant, who know to get into that restricted area and pull up and try to knock down one of those floaters and stuff. They're used to it. They're the uncontrollable guys, but they've adjusted. They understand what it takes and how they have to adjust their bodies and not just throw it uncontrollably into somebody right. because the jaw defense, man, it's ridiculous because you got to have a guy coming in there 40 miles an hour. I mean, it, it, he deserves to get hurt. It is not it, it, is, it is not the job of the NBA to ban what is a, a basketball play, a good defensive play in a league that already puts the defenders at a disadvantage. It's not on the NBA to ban a block charge. What it is on is these offensive players to develop alternative ways to score, pull up with a mid-range, get a better three-point shot, figure out a way in which you're more effective driving where you're not taking these defenders square on, straight on. Uh, To me, 
This is not an NBA issue from the league office. This is a, hey, you want to score and you want to make it less dangerous on yourself? Then you know what? You might have to go outside the realm of drive to the basket with no brakes on and pray that you get a whistle. Because too many guys in the NBA, that's been their offense for years and years and years. Drive, 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 go up and expect that the official is going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, two shots at the free throw line. Too many guys. We talk about players needing to expand their bag in a sense. And we call, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo one of the most bagless players that there is. He doesn't have an arsenal of moves when he's dribble drives. He works hard as hell. And I respect that. But when you have this guy catching a pass at the elbow or at the perimeter and he thinks he's going to drive to the rim, let's be honest, it's not graceful. And the only reason that that play for Giannis, why he has that in his bag, because he's used to getting rewarded with a trip to the free throw line. Yeah. And That's a, not good basketball. It's not. And opposed to him is a guy like Nikola Jovic. Or Jokic. I apologize. I'm, I'm still stuck on our, wish, our young buck. I wish we had Jovic in this conversation. Get well soon, buddy. Get well soon, buddy. But guys like Jokic, like they've expanded their bag. He knows mm-hmm. how to torque his body in, in, in boys that an ugly-looking body, but he does it better than Giannis does in a lot of other bigs in the league, including Joel Embiid. Not to mention, he will deliver passes yeah. as well. He'll rack up assists as well. Now, yeah, the ESPN piece, Zach Harper wrote the athletic piece, and I thought that it came off as extremely condescending. Um, uh, Kevin Pelton for ESPN, I thought, approached it in a, a much, uh, much more mature way. And when it comes to the block charge, and again, this is all coming to the forefront of basketball conversation because Giannis got hurt, Kevin Love Took a charge on him. The officials called it a block. Kevin Love was absolutely set a full two steps before Giannis got there. Uh, John Morant, uh, he went up in the air, and it was a legal charge that was taken. I thought a good defensive play, and it beat Ja to the spot in plenty of time where Ja could have made a different decision. The only one I thought was questionable from the weekend was the foul that Joel Embiid took, where that seemed a little bit late. That seemed like it maybe was a dangerous basketball play. But also, I can't discount the fact that 75% of Joel Embiid injuries come from him throwing himself to the floor. So that's really tough for me to feel a ton of sympathy and a ton of empathy for the biggest, most egregious flopper in the history of the NBA, Joel Embiid. There's no reason for that guy to be on the floor as much as he is with the size that that guy is. But I digress. This ESPN piece, what they suggest is expanding the no-charge restricted area. And you know what? I'm good on that. I'm good on that. And the way that the author at ESPN describes it is, the NBA pioneered the no-charge circle, which is now utilized in the NCAA and FIBA as well. However, the game has changed dramatically in the 26 years since it was implemented. Back then, offenses operated in a much smaller area. Just 16% of all shot attempts were three-pointers in 97-98 compared to 39% this season. With deep threes becoming more common, the average distance of shots outside the paint continues to grow. 97-98, these jumpers were taken on average from 18.4 feet. This year, 22.8 feet is where they're taken from. By rule, such late arrivals on a charge should be prohibited. A defender trying to take a charge is not permitted to move in the path of an offensive player once he started his upward motion to attempt a field goal or a pass. However, it's difficult for a referee to monitor both where the defender is positioned and the offensive player has begun his upward motion. A larger restricted area would have turned John Morant's charge into a blocking foul, disincentivizing him from trying to take a charge in the first place. Instead, Davis would have been encouraged to contest the shot, having blocked seven on Sunday. So here's the thing. Let's move out the restricted area. Let's give rim protectors more of a benefit of the doubt with verticality. Just because your arm comes forward a centimeter doesn't mean that it's a foul on the defender, give a little bit more leeway when it comes to protecting the rim and trying to block shots. You start calling the lowered shoulder offensive foul on offensive players in the NBA. And also, you start calling this ball handler point guard, get the defender up on their hip, and then stop on a dime and cause that defender to prattle into you to draw a foul. Let's start calling those things against the offense. Let's start calling those things again against the offense, and then maybe, maybe, maybe I'll start to come around on alterations to the charge. But as it is right now in the NBA, if you can jump and you can throw yourself into a defender, you're going to get rewarded for it. It's much like in the NBA when you suck and you get incentivized 
with a high draft pick, a big and extremely talented college player is coming your way. Or a French player Or an overseas. international player, exactly. A big old, gigantic, transcendent French basketball player is coming your way because you sucked. You sucked. And so here you go. Here's a gift. Just because you lack the arsenal in your offensive game to avoid contact, you shouldn't be rewarded with a red carpet to the free throw line. Uh-uh. No way. Not at all. And it's simply just, uh, oh, I have sads because Giannis and Ja got hurt. That's the only reason this has become a source of contention to a point where The Athletic and ESPN are now writing about it. Get that bleep out of here. The charge is a good basketball play and shouldn't be going anywhere. You want to move the restricted area? Fine. Ban of the charge? Uh-uh. You're knee-jerking and you know it. Yeah, but this conversation speaks to a larger one that we're seeing now in all of sports. You look at the NFL. They're going more offensive, right, with all of the pass interferences, the holding call. That's been a 15-yard process. It's something 15-year process. Trying to ban the shift in the Major League Baseball. That's another thing. You know, they're working towards the offensive. You have all the pitch clock. You have all these little niche rules that not a lot of casuals know about. We're seeing in all sports, right? Now they want to speed up golf. In a sense, they want to try to clock well, these guys. That, that I'm okay with. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hey, saying. Patrick Cantlay, take another hour to tee up your ball. I mean, oh, my God. And, and Matthew Fitzpatrick, the winner of the RBC this past week, and spoke on it and, and felt some type of way about Cantlay. And I think all the other guys do. But we're seeing it in all these other sports, right? They're trying to go more offensive. But to your point, though, about trying to penalize guys for, for wanting to lower their shoulder, what's interesting to me is we have a guy who we root and support for dearly and Jimmy Butler who's – like the icon in, 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 in the sense of taking advantage of, of rules that are late. He knows how to draw contact is mm-hmm. what he does down the stretch in game. So you're watching these offensive players take advantage of the rules. But who I really feel bad for in spots like this. How are, often is he taken off, though, and completely his body is completely out of control? He doesn't put himself in a position to get hurt. He is not the poster child for why the charge shouldn't exist that 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 these these people are are putting up uh, on the pedestal of protect them like Giannis and Ja because his game is so much more than just out of control drive out of control drive out of control drive it's just he works within the parameters of what's given to him and uh, he would still get his even if he wasn't getting a favorable whistle. And I would argue Jimmy doesn't get a favorable whistle a lot of the time. Yeah, I would as well, but I, I only brought up Jimmy because you talked about the lowering of the shoulder, and you see guys like CB3, you see guys like Kyle, Kyle Lowry use that to their advantage. But I genuinely do feel bad for referees in this spot because they're taught and their job is to protect their stars. So then during a game, during the four quarters, they have to pick their spots. They have to pick and choose. So, so although it might have been a nice take from Kevin Love that ended up getting Giannis hurt, you do have to call that on Kevin Love if you're Scott Foster or if you're just any official in the league because you have to protect your star. See, that's garbage. It I'm is so, garbage, I but it is that. a fact. I hate that. I hate that, oh, this one's a star, so we should look the other way on rules and, and reward that person because they have a higher profile. I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. You're right, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. But at times... You do, in the sense of if Tyreek Hill is coming across the middle and this defender doesn't necessarily lead with the crowd of his helmet, but it is a little iffy, you're going to call it because you can't have guys like Tyreek Hill dropping like flies. You can't have turf monsters coming up and getting a hold of some of these guys like Odell Beckham. It's just a tricky spot for these referees, and I think it's something that we as fans, we as media, we as people who cover and and, and indulge in the sports, don't really acknowledge. uh, Just officiate the game. Mike, just just officiate the game. See now, I think like, that's a, that's a little easier said than done. There are so there is so much more that goes into it that I think your casual fan doesn't understand. Well, I, you know what? Believe the casuals. I don't care. Sure, it's like this constant conversation about TV ratings that, right. that, that we want to bring up. Oh, you know, it'll be terrible for the NBA. You know, it'll be terrible for the NBA. This playoff matchup. Oh no, uh, the Warriors will be knocked out, and it's it's the it's this it, 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 it's Oh my goodness, the Kings? Oh no, what are they going to do? That's a bad, bad deal right there. Who cares? You're not the CEO of Disney ESPN. You're not the CEO of Turner Broadcasting. I don't care what you on social media or you who's walking to the beach in Lake Worth or you who's walking down the Avondale Ray. I don't give one solitary damn what you think about TV ratings. I'm going to watch 
And that's all I care about. I'm not in charge, nor are you, of commercials and advertising and partners. So stop with the damn nonsense about, ooh, TV ratings are going to be bad. No one's going to watch that because I got that during the Final Four. And then what happened in the Final Four? FAU helped drop big, big ratings in that. So what? I don't. I I don't know what to tell you. I don't care. Yeah, you know why I love that point is because officiate I, the game. I think we've come to a place, and again, in all the sports where these commissioners and the people who make decisions have their ears open to the public, to the general public. At that, like they're listening to these things, like the outcry of Draymond being suspended, you pushing not necessarily an envelope in our agenda, but there are people out there who have other intentions to get this guy suspended. And guys like Adam Silver, guys like Roger Goodell are listening to these people. I think that overall becomes a problem. I, I think that I just made a big step towards fixing the NBA. If you think the charge should be banned, start your own league and have no charges and play your 250 to 232 games. I'm fine with that. A little bit of hoops action? Oh, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be uh, playing into the 200s fun. Good times, good times. But... Fine, move out the restricted area, but the charge, the block charge, that's a basketball play. The NBA needs to keep it. They're step one in helping to fix the NBA. Everybody has an opinion on the NBA. We're largely ignoring the quality of basketball we've seen over the first three days of the playoffs. Every day it's been something new. I say keep the block charge. It is a good, tough, hustle-filled, natural basketball play. You fix the NBA. There's a multitude of things to pick up on. You fix the NBA. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Because another thing I, I've heard for years is, oh, the NBA sucks. I don't watch it anymore. Uh, I haven't watched it since the 80s. I haven't watched it since Jordan. The NBA. Well, why? Why? Why does the NBA suck? Why don't you watch? How do you fix that? Let's just have dialogue here because we're whining and complaining as it is. So let's just get it all out there. Let's air out our NBA grievances. How would you fix the NBA? What needs to be fixed most about the NBA? For me, it's this discourse about uh, wiping out, banning the block charge because Giannis got hurt and Ja got hurt. Uh Uh-uh. Doesn't work like that. They are the ones that should be altering their games to avoid dangerous plays like that, not the other way around. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Now, all of this said, I still don't see a point in the playing tournament. Like, why are we doing this still? I know it's been four years. I don't know how long they have decided, and apparently a new CBA has been signed, so this thing's sticking around. But the play-in tournament doesn't do anything for me. It's just sort of the new in-season tournament, the proposal, the in-season tournament where all 30 NBA teams are playing for an in-season championship, a secondary championship. That, to me, makes more sense because I watch European soccer. This is sort of similar. I think that's what Adam Silver is going for, a secondary tournament where you can get fan bases that maybe aren't going to be title contenders at the end of the year. This is a chance for them to have something special in the middle of the year, play for something. It's going to help to enhance the, hey, can you meet the new minimum criteria of 65 games to be considered for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year in the NBA? I think that's a good thing. I think that makes more sense to me than the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament, to me, is just a money grab. It's sort of like the first four in the NCAA tournament. There's no good reason for the why that exists other than for the, uh, the, the money heads up in New York to make some more cash. Now, is there any bit of you? That is just a little bit afraid of being called a hypocrite because the team that you root for the most and the hardest, the Mm -hmm. Miami Heat, had to fight tooth and nail to even get out of the playing game, let alone they didn't even win. They lost and then had to come back and win. I didn't get the play-in tournament when it started. So so you would sacrifice our Miami Heat not even being in the playoffs if the play-in was gone? uh, They would have been the seventh seed. At least having to, they would have to, been playing the Celtics to right contend now. with the other teams. I just mean like it, it, it took them getting through that playing game to even Listen, contend with the Bucs. For, for 34 years of my life, the teams that finished ninth and 10th in their respective conferences <sighs> did not get into a postseason situation. I think I'll be okay with reverting back to the old way after dipping my toe into four years of pointless play in play. I'll be okay. There's no hypocritical uh, stance there. I would be more than okay if the Heat finished ninth, like 34 years of my life would have been the case, with the Heat not going to the postseason. 
I hear that. I, I, I just, again, and I, and I hate to pull this card, but it is something that we all tune in to watch. We, wa- we want to see the Atlanta Hawk out-rebound. We, we do. I do. Who? I do. I'm somebody who did watched that game from start say, to finish. Did anybody outside of South Florida and in pockets of Atlanta say, oh, God, this Heat-Hawks game is going to be amazing. It sounds like you did because during that basketball game all four quarters, you probably tweeted 36 times during that game, so you're tuned in, you're locked like in, you're three. invested. It's 33 then. So I was watching it because the Heat were in it. It's not like absolute, beforehand. I'm like, bingo. kids, gather around. Big time stuff coming up. The Heat are in their first ever play-in. But, oh! that, but that's kind of sort of what you did. Gather around here. What I'm going supposed to... to ignore it just because it's a play in something that I don't like? Like, I don't like it, but I'm going to watch and support that team. But if that game didn't happen and the Heat were getting ready for the Celtics as the seventh seed, you know what? That's another evening that's open for me. All, Good. All parties included are going to tune in and watch and root for their team in a situation like participating in the play-in tournament. Okay, but it doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Maybe for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in an awful long time, like, fine, it gives you an extra chance, but you know what that is? That's loser mentality. That's loser mentality (laughs) where, oh, my team can never get in the top eight, and now uh, I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. Oh, my God, we're in the play-in. Yes, we have an opportunity, like the Bulls. The Timberwolves. once proud franchise, the Bulls got into a play-in this year after a playoff drought, and it was, oh, what can the Bulls do? I mean, I... I have plenty of friends still up in Chicago where I grew up who are like, oh my God, what a big win against the Raptors. How sad is that? (laughs) How sad is that to get excited by that? How sad is that? How sad is it that DeMar DeRozan's nine-year-old daughter became a national story because she was screaming during Raptors free throws in a game that should have never been played? That's so sad. The play-in, it is just strictly a money grab. And the only reason anyone's watching is because the game's on TV. Other, and they're supporting a team, a team that may be in the play-in. Other than that... I can assure you that it is a big old fat yawn to the international NBA fans. So you think in Mirvers participation trophies? Like, hey, here you go. You're a nine ten. Like, you still yeah. get a chance to play basketball You're in the play- postseason. The, the postseason is one through eight. It's already an easy sport to get into the postseason in, based on how many teams there are. Thirty. How many playoff slots there are? Sixteen. More than half the league gets into the playoffs. I don't need a concocted semifinals in each conference to try and determine who seven and eight should be when there's already seven and eight. Like I don't I don't need that. I, I just I don't need that, especially if the NBA is gonna be foisting upon me nine o'clock tips like tonight for game two with the heat and the bucks. I don't need that. I need that evening so I can be ready for the insane start times in the actual postseason where the teams who earned it one through eight are actually in. I say get rid of the playing. I say keep the block charge and stop this nonsense about banning it just because Giannis and Ja got hurt. How would you fix the NBA? What does the NBA need to fix most? Three days into the NBA playoffs, the action is compelling. It's fun. It's quality. And what are we doing? We're whining and complaining on social media and around the water cooler about, oh, ban the charge. Oh, Draymond, if you get your ankle grabbed, you should be allowed to stomp on someone's sternum. Oh, the in-season tournament, this sounds stupid. This sounds dumb. There's no way that they should play this. Oh, you know what the reward is? The playoffs. Like, stop. Stop. Stop whining about it. So let's just fix it. Let's talk it out. What does the NBA need to fix most? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, on Twitter, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. No whining and complaining, just business helping you get better at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located Located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. What needs to be fixed most 
by the NBA. What does the NBA need to fix the most? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We take your calls when we come back. He's Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on a Wednesday on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Jeanette's back tomorrow, but she's weighing in on the show from Lake Worth. Ken, you call, uh, she, she texted us in our, in our show text thread. Ken, you do come off hypocritical. Well done calling that, that out, Stone. Talking about the play-in. I don't, I don't see how. Stone, why why am I saying that I think the plan should cease to exist after four years? I've seen it, and I'm good without it. I don't think it adds anything. The only memorable moment from the play-in was last year, Pat Beverly throwing his Timberwolves jersey into the crowd and people weeping. I, congrats. I, other than that, I, I could do without the play-in because I've spent... Uh, 98.7% of my life watching one through eight get in for a long time. The first round series was a best of five. It should go back to that. If we're talking about how to fix the NBA, let's go back to a best of five in the first round. We don't need seven games in the first round. We don't need the playoffs the last three months. Let's go back to best of five in the first round. Okay. I'm good with that. You should be good with that. We sure as hell don't need a play. We just don't need it. Why am I a hypocrite saying we don't need a playing game? So let's talk about you saying that the most memorable moment was from last year. What about? It was embarrassing, by the way, that celebration for the play-in. Stop it. What about? Let's rewind the clock. Three, four, five days, maybe when the Miami Heat took on the Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. and Shrews got loose and went for 31. Cool. And the Heat were down in that game with two minutes left before finishing that game on a right. 12-1 run right. that I said that you celebrated and you watched drooling over the Miami Heat and all over social media about it. We came on the show the very next day, played Paypos, root, root, root for the home team. Was, all of that because the playing game. So you talk about memorable moments. It was Struess getting loose and getting us into the playoffs okay. in a life or death game. I was pleased that Max Struess yeah, and you were. Jimmy Butler scored 31 in a game that shouldn't have had to have been played. Bingo, you were pleased. Okay, but I would have much rather, instead of watching a game that didn't need to be played, knowing that the Heat are in preparation for the Boston Celtics in a two-versus-seven in the Eastern Conference, would have much rather lay down with Vivi and watch Succession. Maybe a little daddy time. I do all those things other than watch the Heat in a do-or-die playing game when then they were already the seven seed. That's not me being a hypocrite. That's me watching the Heat because they're on, me getting suckered into watching an extra game, which the big wigs, the corporate heads at TNT, ESPN, the NBA, they don't care. They don't care. All they care is, is someone like me gets sucked into it. So fine. That doesn't mean it's right, though. That doesn't mean it's right because I'd much rather be doing something else than watching Heat Bulls when the Heat already finished within the top eight of the Eastern Conference, and we're in the postseason already. So there's the difference. You're upset that you got suckered into it. I'm supposed to do not watch because then, oh, Ken, you're a bad Heat fan. Well, they're on, and by some silly concoction, this play-in tournament, they're they're playing. So I'm going to be there, but it doesn't mean I'm happy about it, and it doesn't mean that it's right or a good idea. So so, so here was my point. You are upset that you got suckered into it, and, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, and I think that does hold a lot of weight. But me... And I don't think that I speak necessarily for myself. Am not upset that I got suckered into watching that game. I enjoyed every bit of it. Struz got loose. The Miami Heat in a life or death situation after just an abysmal season to their standards got into the playoffs. Can we make an agreement right here? Can we stop saying Struz got loose? And especially the way you said it. You don't like that? Struz got loose. Yeah, can we just not do that anymore? What's our agreement? Is it a handshake? Is it a... uh, An air fist bump. Good. One more time at the... One more time at least. Air fist bump. One more time. All right, do it one more time. Struz got loose, and you were loving it. What does the NBA need to fix most? I say get rid of the playing game. I say keep the charge, the block charge. All this discussion after Giannis got hurt, after John got hurt. Oh, it's not fair. No, 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 no. The offensive player needs to adjust their game. How about 
moving the ball? How about a mid-range jumper? How about discouraging ISO ball? How about putting an end to this AAU culture of, oh, I'll get rewarded at the free throw line when I recklessly throw myself to the tin? No. No. The charge is arguably the most effective defensive play in basketball. You keep it. If you ban it, NBA fans, enjoy your 250 to 210 games. I ain't in on that. And I'm a big NBA guy. How do you fix the NBA? What does the NBA need to fix most? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. Let's start things off on the phones in Lake Worth with Kevin on Ken LaVica Live. Hey, Kev. Hey, guys. So what I would change... Um, is and I think it's the biggest uh, thing that people uh, or fans sucker in for is load management. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine you're buying a ticket to see the Lakers versus Heat to go see LeBron James, and he decides, or the Lakers decide, depending on how you look at it, oh, you know what, he's going to sit this one out. Uh, I think it's the biggest slap in the face to the fans and also former players. Yeah, uh, you got guys like JJ Redick on you know first take or whatever saying, oh, well, now, back in the day, they would play four games in five games. Now they don't do that anymore, and it's actually hurting the players because they don't play as much. Okay, well, if they're not playing as much, why do they have to do even more load management? And, J.J. Redick, you were a part of the players' union that requested not to have four games in five days anymore. The players requested that and now are trying to use it as an excuse. And so what I, so Kev, uh, the new CBA, and here are the details, and this is from Yahoo. This is the one part of the new CBA that does in part address that. And if, uh, just let let me story time you for a second. There will be 65 game thresholds players must meet to be eligible for postseason awards like the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, All-NBA, etc. This is the league's attempt to limit load management by its best players. You can only miss, what's the math there, Stone? 17 games, right? 82-game season, 65 games uh, is the threshold yes. for players to be eligible. However, there's a little flexibility built into that number. Uh, players have to play at least 20 minutes in each of the 65 games, but they can have two games that are near misses in minutes. Also, there are protections for players who suffer a season-ending injury, 62 games, and, quote, bad faith circumstances. So I did, Kevin, see a pushback on that. Is How dare you put a number limit on guys' money? How dare you? Because a lot of uh, there's a lot of incentives in contracts. You get this a bonus if you hit MVP, if you hit Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, All-NBA, things like that. So I agree, it's not perfect, and it's, it's frustrating, but something has to be done. Something had to be done, and right now the NBA instituting that is probably a good start to put in an end, at least for the most part, to the stars and their load management, right? Like that, that at least is them addressing a problem. See, I say it's, I, and I actually tweeted this at you uh, earlier today. I think that's an embarrassment. If I'm a player and I see that I now have requirements in my CBA mm-hmm. that are forcing me to play, like if I'm an NBA player in today's game, I'm embarrassed that I have to have standards. To my playing time, that's I. I, I, I see what player, you're saying. I just don't know. Then it, you can't. Adam Silver's not going to get in a room and and rally the troops and say, "Have passion for the sport, blood and glut, guts." You love basketball. Come on, let's play. Like that's not going to. He's not going to be able to rally the troops like that. And so I, it, a Pandora's box has been opened, and now. The next step is to, while it is embarrassing, grown men shouldn't have to have professionals have this number threshold and appreciate the call, Kev. They shouldn't have to have it, but it almost feels like it had to happen. So if these NBA guys are embarrassed that they have a threshold that they need to hit for all those postseason awards, you know what I say? Cry about it. You sort of did this to yourself. Kawhi, KD... James Harden, Jimmy, you did this to yourself. This wasn't the, the, the load management thing. You created that. Now, another way to fix the NBA, and they'd never do this, and I'm completely cognizant of this, why do we need 82 games? Why do we need 82 games? If back-to-backs truly are an issue, 
Why are we playing 82 games? You know what the perfect NBA season would be? And I keep going back to the lockout year during the Big Three era. Going back to 2012, the year the Heat Big Three won their first Big Three title. They played a 50-game regular season. I'm not saying go all the way down to 50, but I'm saying couldn't we do with a 62-game regular season? Why do we need 82 games? That 50-game regular season, I don't know if you remember that, Stone. You were certainly old enough to, to remember Those it. Those my Mike Miller days. Every, yeah, true. Uh, every game meant something. Every For the first time in my life, I've had two regular seasons that have meant something to me. Back in my childhood, 72-10, and 96-97 Bulls. Every game that year was an event because everybody knew going into that year the Heat were going to challenge for the all-time win, or the Bulls were going to challenge for the all-time wins record. That was an event every single night. The only other regular season where it was appointment viewing every single night you couldn't miss a night was the 50-game regular season in the lockout year because the jockeying for position and the storylines and the urgency of every regular season game was massive. That'd be another way to fix the NBA. Get the hell rid of 82 games, man. And, and what I think makes that argument a juggernaut is that the best team in the league won the title that year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if you were to say, hey, let's go to 50, let's go to 62 games, somebody say, okay, somebody's going to get left out. There's a team that, you know, is not going to have the it chance. It wasn't per se enough time for a major injury to set in, for fatigue to set in. The best team won the championship that year. Right, right. And now what we're seeing with a bunch of games is Giannis comes into the playoffs against the Heat team, the Bucks being the favorite to win the title. And now all of a sudden we have something else on our hands where the Miami Heat can get out of this series and can get some momentum, some confidence. So that would be somebody's argument on the other side. But Giannis wouldn't have got hurt if there was 50 games and dare I make that argument, but I I think that's where it holds strong. What does the NBA need to fix most right now? The NBA playoffs have been so fun. Other than the game I didn't watch at all, Nuggets-Timberwolves game one, because, well, that game sucked, and also it started damn near 11 o'clock Eastern time. Daddy needed to go to bed. What does the NBA need to fix most? 888-760-3776. Because we've all, we've all heard the whining and complaining if you follow the NBA the first three days of the postseason. We haven't talked much about basketball, but we sure have complained about everything else. Uh, when we come back... I'm actually going to praise the NBA because they did something that needed to be done. They're going to get pushback on it across national media and from their own players, but the NBA put their foot down, pun intended, against somebody that desperately needed to take a seat for the next couple of days. What does the NBA need to fix most? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. He's Stone Labanowitz. Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Ain't that the truth? Uh, social media at KLV 106.3. How would you fix the NBA? What about the NBA needs to be fixed most? By the way, Heat Bucks Game 2 tonight right here on ESPN 106.3. Jay Jax has the call. On your Palm Beach County Treasure Coast home for Heat basketball. The Heat looking to go up two games to none. Will Giannis play? The Bucs say he's doubtful. I say bullcrap. Your Vegas calls bullcrap as well. Yeah, he's playing. They're six and a half point favorites. Hooden Holzer, he ain't going to trick me, pal. (laughs) He ain't tricking me. Uh, Mike tweets in. What the NBA needs to fix most? Real discipline for egregious calls. Fines, suspensions, relegated. He said regulated, but it's relegated. I fixed it for him. Welcome back. Relegated to G League if needed. Okay. Now, the second part I disagree with, but shout out, Mike. I agree with him there. The egregious call, something's got to change. One that one singular guy makes that the entire crowd, everybody back home watching doesn't agree with, no is wrong. Something's got to be done about that. Well, the good thing is the NBA showed last night that it will act on egregious calls. Uh, let's go. Let, let's let's hear amidst Stompgate, Draymond Green stomping on Sabonis in Game Two of the Warriors Kings series. And yesterday, I I had to fight off Theo and Stone 
to say, listen, guys, this dude needs to be suspended for game three of that series because he stomped on a man's chest on his rib cage and then put his full weight on that right foot that was on Sabonis' chest and then took off down the floor. And Theo and Stone, oh, but Sabonis is grabbing his ankle. He was grabbing his ankle. What do you think's going to happen? Listen, if it was an eye-for-an-eye reaction for Draymond Green, he wouldn't be suspended. But grabbing someone's ankle and stomping on their sternum are two completely different things. But it wasn't just it wasn't just Theo and Stone. It was our boy Jay Will, who you hear every day, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. Jay Will, Jay Williams, here's, here was his summation of what he saw with the Draymond Green stomp incident. You guys been in bites before, right, when you're younger. You ever... Like get snuck one time and the teacher doesn't see you get snuck and then you snuck, you snuck the guy back and you're the one that gets caught. That's exactly what happened here, right? Like it was a dirty play by Sabonis to grab his foot. He shouldn't have done it. It deserved a flagrant one. It, it To me, it was also, it should have just been a flagrant one on Draymond for the stomp. I don't think it was excessive. It was, it was next level, but it's also a history of Draymond that gets factored into this whole thing. And it was the, maybe the embellishment of the stomp, it was the push-off. Like, so if somebody grabs your foot, then he lets go. You step down on the player's chest. It doesn't mean you need to step over him and lift your body up off him. To me, that's like, all right, you got caught, man. You got caught. Okay, so Jay will sort of straddling the fence there, but he pointed out everything I was pointing out. Except this isn't a, oh, well, he's the one who got caught. No, that was a completely over-the-top reaction to the dirty play that was foisted upon him. It's not like he was lashing out to the dirty play. He not only lashed out, he decided, you know what? I'm going to go over-the-top delivering punishment to this guy and to his chest with a stomp to the chest. Draymond Green, I said it yesterday, and the NBA validated me. They actually came down and punished egregious behavior and suspended Draymond Green for Game 3 of that series as they should have. And you know what? The NBA acknowledged part of this is a little bit of a Lifetime Achievement Award for Draymond, much deserved as well, because he was suspended last year in the playoffs for behavior like this against Memphis. And he incited the crowd yesterday or two nights ago, and he deserved this. He absolutely deserved to be suspended for Game 3. So for that, I applaud the NBA. That is extremely well done. But then, you have on first take this morning, leading the outrage brigade is the one and only Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. on first take. Stoney's he's jumping on the Draymond Green defense train. Here's Stephen A. Smith. You surprised Dre was suspended? I was not surprised at all, but in, but incredibly disappointed. Let me say this: <clears throat> in him or the NBA? The NBA. Okay. I'm disappointed in the NBA. Love me some Adam Silver. And, uh, we all know this. I'm disgusted with the NBA this morning. I'm sick disgusted. and tired of everybody acting like this is just another game. It's not just another game. It's a playoff game. You got to do something far more flagrant than this to be suspended. He stopped on his damn just for the record, chest. I was on the phone with the league office this morning. Their position is clear. Um, hey guys, you know I called the league office. The excessiveness this of the stomp. I went to Starbucks this morning by Draymond Green, and it was also history for us to be sitting here talking about this. And potentially one of those citrus mint teas. this will seal good. Golden State's fate is a damn shame. Double tea bag. And I think it's the NBA about the tea. acquiescing and capitulating to a lot of the Ooh. public noise Ooh. out there on too many damn Five syllables. Mm. Oh. That influences decisions like this, which I think is atrocious. Mm. There's no reason for Draymond Green to be suspended for this game. Oh, I'm really? not surprised. I expected it. Oh. And in that regard, that's where I hold Draymond Green accountable. Ah. Because if I know what the league is going to do, he damn sure knew oh. it. Which means you have to guard yourself and protect yourself. Because when all is said and done, somebody might be looking at Draymond Green again and saying, you didn't know better. The second time you caused the Golden State Warriors a championship in some people's eyes. Mm. So see what Stephen A. did there? 
he was disappointed in the NBA. Disappointed. It wasn't right. This is a playoff game. Of course you're allowed to stomp on someone's chest. That's basically the point he was making. Oh, and don't forget he called the league office, too. He called the league office. Yeah, wanted to make sure everybody knows that. Should we call the league office? We can do that, too. In fact, uh, could you get the league office's number just so we can say, like Stephen A., we called the league office today as well? Let's go ahead and call them, and let's ask for Adam Silver and just see if he's there. Um, but then at the end, at the end, oh, Draymond should have known that, he, that everybody's looking at him. He's a target. No, 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 no. He's shown that he doesn't care about that because he's a repeat offender over and over and over and over and over again, and he stomped on another man's chest. He stomped on another man's chest. This is a rightful suspension. A rightful suspension. Draymond should not have seen the floor in Game 3. Adam Silver made the right call. Draymond Green getting suspended was the only thing the NBA could do here. Again, he stomped on another man's chest. That is not the same. That's not the same as grabbing someone's ankle. Let's stop with this kindergarten discourse, oh, he hit me first. You did that when you were five, when you were losing teeth, when you didn't have hair on your chest. These are grown men grabbing an ankle and stomping on someone's chest and then putting your full weight on it and using it as a springboard. That, that is not an ankle grab. Draymond, suspended, NBA, well done. The MBA Sport Management Program at FAU, also well done. This is how you get into the sports industry. This is your path, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Sign up now. Summer semester classes online. Fall semester classes online on campus. Beautiful FAU campus in Boca Raton. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. They have been making dreams come true for those who want to get into the sports industry since the year 2000. 23 years of success at the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Again, FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. When we come back, we'll be like Dray- uh, we'll be like Stephen A. Smith, and we'll call the NBA League office. Do you think that Draymond Green's suspension for Game Three is fair? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. Is that Draymond Green's suspension fair? For game three of that series, Warriors Kings, 888-760-3776. I say, hell yeah, it's the only thing the NBA should have done was suspend Draymond Green for game three. Also, when we come back, um, we've had a lot of nasty airplane stories over the last couple of days. And me, as a father, as someone who has flown with his daughters, I got to admit, I'm a little bit triggered. We'll discuss when we come back. Draymond, NBA, flying. What don't we do on this show? He's Stone the Bandwitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.